Welcome to another exciting episode of The Tax Efficient Investor. Listen in as host Michael Johnston demystifies tax-efficient tactics to help you grow your wealth. We break down complex tax strategies and make them simple to understand and easy to implement. From HSAs to IRAs, 1031s, trusts, and more, we cover it all here on The Tax Efficient Investor. Welcome to the show. I'm Michael Johnston. Joining me today is my longtime friend and business partner and the co-founder of Wealth Channel, Andy Hagens. Andy, it's great to have you here. Pleasure to be here, Michael. I'm excited. So Andy, for these first few episodes, I've asked you to come on and ask me questions about the tax topics and strategies that you, as a high net worth investor, wanted to know more about. And you jumped at the opportunity, sent me a great list of topics, so you're going to be asking the questions. I'm going to hopefully be giving the answers and we'll provide some actionable advice that creates some tax-free wealth for everyone listening. So I think, Andy, with that, I'm going to hand it over to you. Awesome. And, you know, I'm really excited to talk about the backdoor Roth. I This is one of the few tax strategies that I think we're going to talk about in this mini series that I'm actually pretty familiar with, although there's a lot of uh, little pieces of it that I, I don't necessarily understand. Uh, and I have to say, just even the name backdoor Roth, I love it has this connotation, like I'm getting one over on the IRS or, you know, I'm doing something sneaky to build wealth. Although of course it's totally legal as I know we're going to discuss, but for any of our listeners, viewers who, have, who don't really know what a backdoor Roth is, maybe they've heard the term. Could you give us a summary? What is a backdoor Roth IRA? Sure. It's a great place to start, Andy. So a Roth IRA is one of the most tax efficient vehicles imaginable. Once you get money into a Roth IRA, you never pay taxes again on it. You don't pay taxes on the annual dividends. You don't pay taxes if you rebalance. And then you don't pay taxes in retirement when you cash out and withdraw from it. So I mean, that's all awesome, right? Getting money into an account, you never pay taxes again. It's huge. The hard thing is, it's pretty hard to get money into a Roth IRA. And the reason for that is there are income limits. If you make more than $136,000 as a single taxpayer or $228,000 if you're married and file jointly, you're not allowed to do a Roth IRA. You're not allowed to contribute directly to a Roth IRA. But there's something called, as we've talked about, a backdoor into the Roth IRA. And it's actually pretty simple. So what you do is you make a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA, and then you convert that traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, and that's it. That's a non-taxable event, and you've gotten money through the back door into a Roth IRA where you will never pay taxes on it again. So to dig into that a little bit, and, and I know some of our listeners will already be very familiar with this. But let, let's, I wanted to kind of hit the pause button on just non-deductible contribution mm -hmm. to an IRA. Because I think most people's, uh, you know, experience with an IRA or with the 401k is, oh, I get to put money in pre-tax. So if my marginal tax rate is 25%, normally, if I earn that dollar, I take home 75 cents. But with a normal IRA or a normal 401k, I get to take that dollar pre-tax, invest it into the IRA or the 401k, and then it grows from there. And I, I don't have, to, you know, it's tax deferred, right? So I only have to pay taxes way down the line after it's greatly compounded, you know, in growth. But here, you do have to pay tax on your income and then take 
taxed dollars and put them into this IRA before you convert it. Is that right? That's right. So the, the backdoor Roth only works if you are using non-deductible contributions. And non-deductible is another way of saying after tax. So you have income, you pay the tax now, and then you put that after-tax money into a traditional IRA. And it's a great question, Andy, because that is something that anyone can do. There's no income limits on making a non-deductible or an after-tax contribution to a traditional or a regular IRA. Well, I I think I I don't want to call you out, Michael, but I'm I'm going to call you out when you say anybody can do this because I found out I'm going to this is a little story time. One year I couldn't do it because I had I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I had a couple of businesses, and we had one write-off from one of our businesses that was a large enough loss that it basically wiped out my earned income on paper, just on paper, by the way. And so I always I had been in the habit of making this non-deductible IRA contribution. And my accountant actually told me, uh, Andy, you actually can't do that this year. You don't have any earned income. So that that is actually a hurdle that you have to pass, right? You have to make sure you have earned income. That's right, Andy. So let's talk about who can and who should use this strategy. So you just hit on one of them. You have to have sufficient earned income to make this contribution. So if you're under 50, the maximum contribution you can make is $6,500. If you're over 50, you get an extra $1,000 in a catch-up contribution. So you have to have at least that amount of earned income for the year. So that's number one. And as you mentioned, Andy, sometimes for entrepreneurs, if there's a big write-off, you might not have that. So number two, the backdoor Roth is really only for people who can't do a regular Roth contribution. So if you can just contribute directly to a Roth, do that. Don't worry about this. You're just adding a little bit of additional complexity. Just contribute directly to a Roth with your after-tax dollars and, and don't mess with the backdoor. Um, and then the, the third one, and this gets a little bit complicated, but you can really only do the backdoor Roth if you don't have a big traditional IRA balance. And we can talk a little bit more about this, Andy, but there's something called the pro rata rule. Essentially, the IRS doesn't let you pick and choose which dollars you're going to convert from traditional to Roth. So if you have a big traditional IRA balance and you try to do a backdoor Roth, you might end up with a tax bill. So that's number three, and we'll come back to that. And then number four, when you get money into a Roth, you just note that you can't withdraw that until age 59 and a half. So you've got to have some patient capital here. You've got to be fine setting that money aside until you're 59 and a half years old, pattern nearing retirement. If you're going to need it before then, then you should probably keep it in a taxable account where you're not going to risk penalties if you've got to pull it out. Right. And I think that's an important note because kind of our default assumption when we talk about investments is retirement investing as if mm -hmm. like that's every single person's time horizon and goal and it is for the vast majority of people that is the number one goal the number one fear is running out of money in retirement etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but this is a retirement account that's what it's made for that's what it's designed for you know my next question is you know how much wealth can this really create and i i have to say like I, 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 I have done these before. I've done, I, I've done them like, like for a string of like six years. I did it like every single year in a row until, I, until like I said, I goofed up one year um, because of my self-employment situation. But I did always kind of feel like you know, this is like a lot of work. I got to do this, that, the other thing. Talk to my accountant. It's only 
you know, at the time, I think it was 5,000 or 5,500 bucks. And I was like, is this really worth it? How much does this extra compounding really mean to me as an investor? Yeah, it's a great question, Andy. I think it's always an important question to ask. Anytime you've got a tax saving strategy, there are costs associated with that, whether it's talking to your accountant, the time, the complexity. Well, my accountant, so, look, my accountant's a nice guy. So I don't want anybody to get the impression <laughs> like I just dread talking to my accountant, you know, but uh, but it's, it's just the idea of like there, there's effort involved in doing any of sure. this, you know? Sure. So here's how I'd, I'd think about that question, Andy. I'd think about two scenarios. One, you do the backdoor Roth. And then scenario two, you don't. So what's your alternative if you don't do a backdoor Roth? I think for a lot of high earners, it's probably you just leave that money in a taxable account, uh, which isn't great because you're paying taxes on dividends every year. You're going to pay a bunch of taxes in retirement when you cash out. So let's run those two scenarios. And you know, of course, Andy, it depends on a lot of factors, depends on your return, how long you have until retirement, depends a lot on the tax rate that you're going to pay in retirement. But I'm not going to totally punt on this. I'm going to answer your question. Uh, we've actually got a tool that will help you with plugging in different assumptions and, and seeing what your answer is. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. But let's say you've got 25 years. Let's say you're going to make 8% a year in returns. And let's say you're going to have the max tax rate in retirement on capital gains. So you're a 40-year-old, so you're, you're, you're a 40-year-old like high net worth investor here. Like you're... It, in your example, like you basically- That's right, yeah. Okay. So, so you've got 25 years and you're expecting 8% a year. Maybe that's a little aggressive. Um, but again, using those assumptions, the backdoor Roth is going to create about $12,000 in incremental value for you. And a couple notes on that 12,000 number, Andy. So number one, the I in IRA stands for individual. So if you're married, you can do a backdoor Roth and your spouse can do a backdoor Roth. So you've doubled that. Now you're looking at trading about $25,000 in incremental wealth in retirement. And then remember, you can do this every year too. You can do it for 2023, 2024, at least as long as the tax code doesn't change. I think we'll talk about that a little bit, Andy. But you can start to get to some pretty big do dollar figures here of this incremental wealth that you're creating. Okay, I got to dig in though. Um, I got to dig into the footnotes of this example. So the the you know when you when you put money into a retirement account it compounds i mean the numbers are always like eye popping after you know 20 30 40 years so i get that like a differential of tax free compounding over time that just builds and builds and builds but you mentioned it, i think it was for married couple $25,000 differential or 24,000 is that in today's dollars or is that in uh uh 20 uh dollars cuz i'm like well by 2048 $25,000 might buy me like a can of Coke or, you know, a happy meal or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the, the future after tax expected value of your portfolio. So saying in retirement, you're going to have $25,000 more if you do this tax maneuver this year compared to if you didn't. So yeah, it's a future, future dollar figure, Andy. Good question. All right. Well, with the, the, those two things, maybe they kind of balance each other out. Cause my point was like, okay, that 25 K, I mean, that just sounds like eye popping. Just to, but just to remember when you do these kind of, you know, 25 year projections or whatever, you do have to remember, okay, but the value of 25,000 will be less, but it might be $8,000 in today's dollars or $10,000 in today. That's still a very significant amount of money. And especially to your point, if it's, if it's $10,000 of today's dollars in real value 
and you do it 20 years in a row, that's like $200,000. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It adds up. Totally. Okay. So how do I do this? Walk me through this. I'm hearing this. Uh, let's pretend I'm a listener. I'm like, wow, I earn $150,000 a year. So I thought I was locked out of IRAs. Now I just learned, wow, I can actually do this. Never done it before. Where do I start? Okay, so step one, we talked a little bit about this. You've got to get rid of your traditional IRA balances or basically any non-Roth IRA balance. So traditional, simple IRA, you've got to get rid of those because we're going to do a conversion to Roth. And again, the IRS isn't going to let you pick and choose which dollars you get to convert. Any conversion is essentially a pro rata conversion of your entire IRA balance. So if you've got a big IRA balance and you've made deductible contributions or pre-tax contributions in the past, you're going to have to pay taxes on those eventually. So maybe you've made uh, pre-tax contributions in the past, Andy, maybe you have a 401k from a previous employer, you roll that over into your IRA. So if you have a big traditional IRA balance full of pre-tax contributions, when you try to do a backdoor Roth, you're going to get hit with a tax bill. So there's a couple ways to zero this out. Number one is you can just say, I'm going to bite the bullet today. I'm going to convert my entire traditional IRA to a Roth. I'm going to pay some taxes today. But then in retirement, I've got no taxes. And we've got a tool that can help you make that decision. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's going to depend on your circumstances. Essentially, comes down to your tax rate today versus your tax rate in the future. So you can't know for certain. But for some people, that's the way to do it. You say, I'm just going to bite the bullet, convert everything today. And then I've got no traditional, just Roth. So the second way that you get rid of it, Andy, is a little bit more of kind of a sneaky workaround. It involves rolling your traditional IRA into a 401k. So now a lot of people are used to hearing about doing this the other way. You've got a 401k at your job, you leave your job, and you roll it into your IRA. But you can go the other way too, or a lot of times you can go the other way if your plan allows it. So you take your IRA, you roll it into a 401k, kind of a bit of a technicality, same tax treatment for those vehicles, but you've gotten the money out of an IRA and into a 401k, so you're good to go. So that was a long-winded step one, Andy, basically get your money out of your traditional IRA. So step two, you make the non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA. So non-deductible, another way of saying after tax, you've paid taxes on this already, you put your $6,500, into a traditional IRA and just leave it in cash. Because step three is you are going to convert that traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. And do I need a quick question? Do I need to wait a certain amount of time before doing that conversion? Do I need to wait 24 hours or 30 days? Or can I just like literally click a button like funded, funded the IRA and then click another button? So it's going to depend on your provider. In a lot of cases, that money is going to need to sit for a day or two. So I suggest just leaving it in cash or the money market fund. So let it sit there for a day or two. Some people will let you do it. Some providers will let you do it right away. So the answer is just, it depends. If you use Vanguard, I think you've got to wait a couple of days. Fidelity is the same thing. So wait a couple of days, come back. In most cases in Vanguard, there's a big button that says convert to Roth. Click that button, go through the conversion process. And then because you've already paid taxes on this, that is a non-taxable event. There's no taxes associated with that conversion. You've got it into a Roth. And then Andy, the next step is allocate this money in accordance with 
your strategy, whether that's stocks, bonds, a balanced fund, whatever your investment strategy is informed by your risk tolerance, your horizon, allocated accordingly. And then that's it. Well, I guess that's it until the next year. You know, we've talked about you're able to do this every year. So I guess set that calendar reminder for January 1st and come back and do it as soon as you can next year. Well, I was going to, I was going to give you everybody, my two proven investment tips. Number one is the Google calendar recurring invite. Just make it annual, like literally just make it annual. And like, now that's on autopilot. Number two, if you're not sure, how do I invest this? And especially with a smaller amount of money, like if this is my first year investing with an IRA account at $6,500, to me personally, it's just not worth having a five fund portfolio, eight fund portfolio, worrying about rebalance. I'm going to do a target date retirement fund. And like the providers you mentioned, Fidelity, Vanguard, and I know also Schwab, a lot of these other providers have great products, very low cost. You can basically put the whole thing, set it and forget it. And then, you know, wake up in 10 years and you're going to go, wow, oh, wow, that, that really grew. So uh, sounds honestly like that's, that's quite simple. I mean, maybe... Maybe we're kicking off this podcast with with something pretty. I mean, because I, I, I just feel like this is um, this is something most people should be doing, or a lot of people should be doing. But are there any are there any landmines? I mean, I guess what am I missing? If if you're earning above that threshold where you can't do that normal Roth IRA, are there any are there any landmines? Are there any mistakes? Are there any problems? Is there is there any fine print that I'm missing, I guess, is what I'm asking. So the short answer is no, Andy, you're not missing much. I mean, this is a pretty easy way to make a lot, relatively a lot of incremental money in retirement wealth. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot to it. It's pretty straightforward. This is, a, in a lot of cases, a pretty automated online process. You are going to create a little bit of an administrative burden. There's uh, an additional tax form, Form 8606, that you've got to fill out. It's a really straightforward form. We'll put an example to that in the show notes. Really simple to do, but you know that is a little bit of complexity. It is a cost uh, that you're going to have to do. Either you or your accountant is going to have to do it. That's pretty minor. You know, the biggest mistake people make, Andy, is what we we talked about earlier: that pro rata rule or having a big balance already in your traditional IRA. When you try to do this, and that ends up being then a taxable event, and you're going to owe taxes. Now, it's not the end of the world because in a lot of cases, a lot of people are going to be pretty indifferent between doing a conversion to a Roth today or keeping it in a traditional IRA. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, be aware at the end of the year, you're going to owe taxes if you try to do that conversion and you have existing balances in a traditional IRA. So that's that's the big one. Uh, a couple others, Andy, it's, it's really best to get this done by the end of the year. You technically have until... April 15th of the following year to do all your IRA contributions. You can do that with this. It just makes it a little bit more complicated when you go to do your taxes. I know everyone hates complexity with taxes. So put it done by December 31st. Um, but you know, otherwise, Andy, it's pretty straightforward. Um, if, if it sounds too good to be true, uh, well, it, it's true. It's real. You can do it. I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I would know. You mentioned December 31st. If you have plenty of, if you're saving a significant amount of money and this is something that you can swing, 
do it on January 1st every year, the first week of January, because then you're getting an extra year's worth of compounding. And I know not every year that the market doesn't go up every single year, but it goes up most years, right? It goes up more often than not. So all things being equal, I'd say fund it in January if you can. And if you're sure that you're going to have that, you know, earned income. So that that makes sense. I mean, this is the closest thing to a simple kind of a free lunch. I think you're going to get in tax efficient investing. Are there any risks that I need to be aware of before deciding to do one of these? One last thing to note, Andy, this is this was created in 2012, that, that there was a change in the tax code that allowed people to do this backdoor Roth. It's been around since then. It is perfectly legal. Congress has explicitly said so. They've said this is fine, but it has been on the chopping block. There have been some proposals from Democrats in Congress that would change the tax code so that the backdoor Roth is no more, or it would only be available for people under certain income thresholds. So something to be aware of. It's possible that it goes away uh, at some point in the future. Um, but for now, it's perfectly above board. It's been blessed. You're good to go. So I, you can't get any better than that. And I mean, honestly, with with tax efficient programs, tax efficient account, I mean, I, I kind of presume all this stuff is theoretically on the chopping block, right? I mean, because it all ultimately gets legislated. So my advice to everyone for what it's worth, I'm not an expert, but I don't think you need to be take advantage of this stuff while you can, right? Because even if you can't do this in 2033, you'll be glad you did it in 2023, 2024, 2025. It's going to be there. It's going to compound. Absolutely. Use it while you can. Andy, I think that's a great note to end on. We are out of time for this episode. A quick note to our listeners, if you can leave us a rating or a review at Apple or Spotify, helps to spread the word. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And Andy, thank you for joining me. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify to help spread the word to other investors. And we'll be back soon with another episode.